Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Face Yoga Expert podcast. My guest this week is Dr. Stacey C.C. Graham. She is a management consultant, an executive coach, a yoga and mindfulness teacher, a founder, an entrepreneur, a speaker and a writer. And she is such a light in the world. She has so much wisdom. She speaks so beautifully and everything she shares with us in this episode is so profound and so deep and so transformational that I know you are going to absolutely love it. And I just want to give you guys a little reminder just to take that little bit of time for yourself. If you're anything like me with the lead up to Christmas, things are busy. And as human beings, we are meant to be busy at this time of year. We are meant to go a little bit slower, to be a little bit calmer, to almost go into hibernation mode. So if your body is telling you to do that, just a little reminder, it's okay to say no if you need to. It's okay to sleep a bit more if you need to. It's okay to just do a bit less in general and give yourself some time to go that little bit gentler and that little bit slower. And we talk so much about mindfulness in this episode. Hopefully it'll be a great inspiration for you and you'll be able to take some of those thoughts through to the holiday season. And I also wanted to tell you about something very exciting. It is called the Face Yoga Workshop Bundle. And this is the ultimate natural facelift video package for your best skin ever. So let me tell you a little bit about it. The bundle includes four video recordings of face yoga workshops, each of two hours each, which you can enjoy as many times as you like when you need that lovely boost of pampering self-care. So each of the workshops is based around a specific selection of face yoga exercises tailored uniquely to the theme of the workshop, plus plenty of wellness techniques for your mind, body, and soul. So let me tell you about what is included. You get four two-hour video workshops, and that includes facial exercises, face massage, acupressure, relaxation, and wellness techniques. And let me tell you what's in each of those very briefly. The first one is face yoga for lifted skin with Reiki healing. The second one is face yoga for glowing skin to feel like a goddess. The third one is face yoga for radiant skin with a gorgeous journey through the chakras. The last one is face yoga for smooth skin with a journey through the four elements. So you are going to absolutely love these and you also get four PDF mini ebook which summarizes the key takeaways from each video and you get lifetime access for all of the content. So once you've got it, it's all yours. So these workshops were originally taught live on Zoom and now you get to experience these recordings in your own time. So you'll get the exact same immersive and transformative experience as when it was live Plus, you're going to feel blissfully relaxed at the end of each session. You have got meditation in there. You've got affirmations. You've got crystal bowls. You've got Reiki healing. You have got tarot cards. You have got poems. It is stunning. So as well as all those gorgeous recordings of the face yoga workshops within them, there is so much for your mind and body as well. So originally, when each of these workshops were sold individually, they were £55 each. So there's £220 worth of face yoga content for just £49.99. So £49.99 British pounds. So honestly, the value is amazing. So if you want to just grab yourself something that you can use now, you can use over the holiday season, you can use going into next year, and whenever you need a few hours 
just for yourself, to look after your skin, to look after your mind, to look after your body, these are the videos for you. So the face yoga workshop bundle, if you go to faceyogaexpert.com slash shop, so just in my usual shop, scroll down to where it says online courses and you will see it there. So I know you're going to love it. But without further ado, let's get into this week's episode with the lovely Stacey. Stacey, a warm welcome to the Face Yoga Expert podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for this invitation. I am enjoying the sunshine. It is crisp, yet it is sunshiny. So I'm very excited. How are you today? I'm really good, actually. And it looks beautiful here where I am. So I live in Bath and we live in the countryside and we sort of overlook fields and it's all covered in white frost. So it looks right. like the perfect winter seed and the sun is shining. So I like this winter weather. I feel like when it's <laughs> sunny, but frosty, that's nice. And I really sort of want to embrace that. So I'm going to try and go out later and just get some light and sunshine in my eyes before it gets pitch black at like whatever time it gets. 3.30. 3.30, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> but there is so much I want to chat to you about today because I know you are so multi-passionate. I've been deep diving into everything you do and I love the fact that you're a yoga mindfulness teacher, you're a management consultant, you've got a holistic wellness brand for underrepresented communities, you've got a digital media platform, you really do a lot. You are a busy <laughs> lady. And as I was reading through all of it, what I was really interested to start off asking you, what's your driving force? What's your why? What's your reason for being so busy and doing all these things and being so multi-passionate? I'm so glad that that's the question you're starting with. I get that a lot that people are like, oh, you're doing so many different things. Why? How does it make sense? And really the thread for me is all of the work that I do is really focused on social impact. I I would sum it up as social impact. Obviously with the body that I inhabit as a Black woman, you know, this is something that I've learned just from really just the beginning of my life that there we all have different experiences and for some people that's more obvious than others and i really i wish i could say what is driving me maybe it's my ancestors pushing at my back and i just i don't know that's what's happening but oftentimes for example with my a digital media platform, Color Balance Images, that really came out of the fact that I was doing all of this work. And, you know, as a consultant, you have to create slide decks all the time. And I could never find the images that I wanted. I really wanted images that represent the entire world. I live here in London, one of the most diverse cities in the world. And I couldn't find images that really represented that. And so as I did more research, I found that most of the images we see are created by people of the global north. So even when something happens in, you know, a place like Sri Lanka or Mozambique or or South Africa, where there are plenty of people who, you know, would like to build careers as photographers, the major publications will send someone from New York or London or wherever or L.A. 
to take images. And those are the images that we see. And those are made by people who don't have the cultural context, who don't speak the language, who, you know, and so just as an example. So I, once I started doing that deep dive, I felt like, oh, well, maybe I can support local talent to really reshape the narrative of how the world sees what they would consider home. And it's really, it's been like that with everything that I do. That's amazing. And, you know, that obviously comes from a very deep soul place, you know, that obviously is your sole purpose. And I also love the fact that you said, you know, maybe it's your ancestors, you know, pushing you through with this, which I think is also so powerful. It's like the purpose is coming from deep within you. It's coming from a, a lineage behind you and in front of you, but also wanting to make a bigger global impact as well. So, you know, I commend you for that. And what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And something which I also notice with what you do is wellness, mindfulness, feeling good in our mind and in our body is a very sort of um, a thread that runs through everything that you do, whether it's your management consultancy, whether it's the images that you're doing. Tell us a little bit about the role of of mindfulness and wellness in, in your life. Oh, great question. I think it's unfortunate. I would say that I think the word wellness probably has a lot of different connotations and associations for people. For me, it started with just the desire to feel well, to feel healthy in my body. And that wasn't defined by anyone else's um, measurement. You know, when I was younger, I was an athlete and I was an athlete at a time where people (laughs) didn't care so much about the holistic bit. It was just like, get it done, go win, you know? And I had an injury and my coaches weren't taking me seriously, but thankfully my mom did. And it turned out to be a, a... a critical injury and that it's recurring. So it kind of ended that particular sport for me, which was, you know, fine. It was hard at the time, but it was fine. But it was, you know, I was 15 at the time and I just learned, you know what? You have to trust your body. And I think a lot of young women, girls, women don't get that message uh, from an early age, but it, it was a really defining moment that my mom believed me when my male coaches didn't. And so ever since then, I've really been like, what does my body need? I have quite a few dietary requirements. It was really hard to figure out, you know, that bit and so on and so forth. So the way that you reconnect, because I think we're all innately capable of doing that, but because of all of the input we're constantly getting from the world, it can feel really hard to know like, what is really mine? What what do I really need? Because the magazine is saying this and social media is making me think this and, you know, and so mindfulness has been my my practice that really always takes me back to the body. Eckhart Tolle said once, the body is always present. And that sounds like, yeah, duh, I know. But <laughs> if you really sit with that statement, the body is always present. That is so fundamental to wellness because the mind is, you know, either running in the past or running forward, but the body is always in the present moment. And so you know, mindfulness is a practice. It's much, it's, it's not limited to meditation. It's not limited to sitting meditation. It's something that's really integrated into my life. And as you said, into the work that I do. And, you know, that's why I think I'm so good at like being in moderation. It's the holiday season. 
you know, things can get a little tricky if you have to go to a lot of different holiday parties. But my body is like very clear when it's like time to slow down, when it's time to stop. Everyone knows, you know, Stacy's going into hibernation in like <laughs> T minus five days. And I think what another critical thing that I just like to mention here is mindfulness for me doesn't mean that I always feel well. That's not what I'm saying. It means I rec- I can recognize when I haven't had enough water. I recognize that very early. I recognize when I need to get off of my laptop for the day. I recognize when I haven't been practicing asana, so posture, uh, yoga. I recognize those things because I'm in constant dialogue with my body. And the body is always in fluctuation. It's always rebalancing. So I'm not claiming that my mind and my body are always you know, completely chill and happy. I'm not claiming that, but at least like when I am irritable, I recognize it and then (laughs) I can rein it in and not try my best not to project it onto other people. And similarly, when I'm like really, you know, really feeling joyful, I don't attach to it and then question why I'm not feeling that way, you know, an hour later or a day later. Yeah. I love that. And that is what mindfulness is about. You know, it's easy to think that people that practice mindfulness are always calm, always relaxed, never have a negative emotion. And actually, to me, and what it sounds like to you as well, mindfulness is just about observing and listening and being and being present. And that can mean that we maybe are just watching our thoughts that are quite negative, or Mm -hmm. we are observing our body, which does feel very tired and very run down. But when we sit with that, and we observe that, I think it gives us that sense of acceptance. But also, I think it allows those feelings and those emotions to pass. Because I think if we attach too much to them, it starts to go in a snowball effect. Right. But what you're saying is, you know, you're tired or you need some water. You're listening to that. You're sitting with that. You can either take those physical actions to deal with it or you can just let it be there for a bit. And actually, most of the time when we just let it be there for a bit without attaching to it, it does then just pass. Mm -hmm. And what I would love to know is how do you integrate that, particularly into your management consultancy? Because I know that you work with a lot of very successful, a lot of very sort of um, high level people within certain jobs. How do you bring that concept across to them, particularly when they have got a lot of stress, a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure within their life and within their work? The most successful way that I've been able to do that is through experience. So just to give you an example, in June of 2020, we can all remember what was happening then. It was an extreme time for many reasons, right? We were, there was just a swirl of things happening in the world. And a lot of people started reaching out, wanting to work with me specifically around racial and intersectional equity in the yoga space. And You know, these were yoga studio owners, these were uh, teacher trainers, these were yoga brands. And, And I say that really specifically because I'm dealing with a particular population, right? And, you know, many of them, after they would go through the the workshops or trainings that I offered, there's a lot of opportunities for live feedback. And that's predominantly for people to check in with themselves. And what I heard people say was, you know, I read this in that book, I thought I got it. But I showed up here today with a lot of resistance. I have to be honest with myself. 
And now, you know, with these exercises that you've made us go through, I actually recognize it's not just enough to read the book. You know, this does, this is also about me. It's not enough to think I'm kind or I'm nice. And so this doesn't apply to me. And people don't get there if you lecture. People don't get there if you talk at them. People don't get there clearly, you know, they said it, if you read, if they read a book, it's the experience. And that's what I was trying to get at about um, when I said that I like to integrate mindfulness. So in any work that I do, it doesn't matter if we're talking about sustainability, purpose, social impact, or business transformation, we're going to do mindfulness exercises. The whole, the whole, uh, experience in working with me will start with, you know, laying like the really candid foundation where we learn how to communicate active listening, for example, not uh, interrupting each other, um, taking a pause after someone finishes speaking so that things can settle. I mean, it's literally a part of every aspect of how I work with clients, whether I use that word or not. I do use mindfulness, but I might not say, you know, the active listening is now a mindfulness exercise. But people walk away having a different experience when they work with me than they might if they're working in a more, you know, a more, let's say, classic or conventional way. I love that. That's just so amazing. And again, it's changing the narrative and changing the way that people are speaking to, listening to and acting towards others but also within themselves as well. And do you have any sort of go-to exercises that you always use, whether it be if you're doing a lecture at a, let's say, at a yoga event, or if you're working with a high-level management team, are there any sort of techniques which you think, I'm always going to be using that because this is so important for everybody? Or does it really differ in situation to situation? I'd say there are some fundamentals. So I always will do a grounding practice no matter where I am. And I think some people are surprised, but yes, even in corporate spaces, we're going to do some form of grounding to allow people to arrive into the space, right? And the grounding will look slightly differently. You know, we can't fall into our usual instruction, I'll say, if we're in an environment where that might be unfamiliar to people. So I do try to make it relevant to uh, my audience. So the grounding might not be, you know, now come into a seated position. It might not sound like that. It might be, you know, take a moment to look around the room to become familiar with it. Observe if there's something in the room that might feel distracting or as an, you know, as disruptive. And if so, let's change it. Or like I'll walk them through how to let go of the phone. <laughs> so that you can be fully present. So I'd say there's always some form of grounding and then there's always some form of people having to check in with themselves. And it might be at different parts. Um, so like if we do something that I expect people to have strong emotions around, I will ask them to kind of get up, move, and then we'll have maybe like a quick mood check. Like, how are you feeling in your body? And I'll say that. How are you feeling very specifically in your body? And you'd be surprised how hard that question is for many people, even practitioners, to really focus on the body. People will tend to say, oh, you know, I'm feeling, and 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 they'll say I'm feeling, but this really I'm thinking. And I'll say, okay, so let's take that back down into the body. Where do you feel that? If they say, you know, I'm, I, you know, I, I feel uh, confused. And I'll say, how do you recognize that in your body? 
So those are some of the things that come up in every space that I feel helps people to really, again, to so that we're sharing the space together, we're present in the space, we're present in what's, hap- what's arising in our bodies. And then more than anything that maybe is not specific to mindfulness, but I'm really keen on just saying the thing. And that can be challenging sometimes in the UK. You know, my professional socialization was in Germany. And as my accent reveals, my life started in the US, but I lived a very long time in Germany. So I have like two cultures that are happy to be direct in many ways, not in all ways, but in many ways. And so, you know, in the in in British culture, if you will, it can be hard for some people to really say the thing. And so sometimes I'll say the thing to make it easier. <laughs> so like sometimes I'll allow people to reflect and I'll start a sentence. The facilitator really annoyed me when. Love and that. people love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because of course, like when we're doing meaningful work, that annoyance will come up. And it's not that they, it's not personal. It's not about me. Mm-hmm but they have an opportunity to just kind of get that out. And then that, un, you know, that unlocks the rest because now they don't have to feel guilty about having some negative thought about me standing there or sitting there among them. That's so powerful, but also so brave as well for you to be able to almost put yourself out there to be open to criticism, I guess. How do you sort of protect yourself from that you know whether it be a question that you've opened like that which may bring a whole variety of triggers for you or like all of us within the workspace and and within life you know there are always going to be um they're always going to be triggers how how do you protect yourself from from that do you have a, a coping mechanism i think i probably wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, today, it just feels different. One, it's, I really, you know, it, it's something I say, but it's, it's fully downloaded. It's not personal. Even mm-hmm. the times when it feels really personal, like I remind myself, it's not personal. And so I think that helps. Also, when I'm the one who's kind of leading it, it feels different than if it, I think it would feel different if people were just saying it like in the five minute break and I heard it. Yeah, <laughs> but instead, yeah. I've created a space where they can journal it or actually speak it into the space if they feel confident enough. But honestly, I think the most clarifying for me is the fact that I still do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So when I teach, um, you know, I, I lead a three hundred hour uh, yoga teacher training called Radical Darshan with um, two other brilliant people, and. It's great because, you know, we're, we're focused on decolonization, pro-unity, really getting back to the fundamentals of yoga. And when I teach Kriya, I always, the first time I teach every time I say, listen, I'm not teaching anything I haven't already done myself. So when you're going through it, you just have to stay on, you, you know, in your practice, on your mat and so on and so forth. And I say, you know, and thoughts will arise and you're going to hate me sometimes. You're going to swear at me. You're going to wonder, have I fallen asleep? Why haven't I told you to stop yet? Am I an idiot? It's all fine. And everyone laughs, right? And then afterwards, they always say, how did you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> you've been there. Because I am the student. 
more than I am the teacher. Yes. And I'm thinking the same thing with my teachers. Like, yes. you know, ah, this is so hard. <laughs> yes. And there's so much about that that's about being honest with ourselves and allowing ourselves to be honest, allowing ourselves, going back to that mindfulness, allowing ourselves to acknowledge any feelings that are negative. And I guess also to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Yes. Um, there's such a deep practice in that, such a deep yogic practice within just what you said there. I think that's that's so powerful for us to all think about. I'm sure my listeners are really just now thinking how they can apply that to their day-to-day life. And, and talking about my listeners, you know, my listeners are very a lovely community i love them all to to bits just an amazing community mostly women we have listening to the face yoga expert podcast we do have some men but mostly women and the women that are very um conscious spiritual into wellness enjoy yoga of course enjoy face yoga but many of them are also entrepreneurs women in business yoga teachers face yoga teachers wellness business owners I know you work a lot with entrepreneurs and female leaders what's the biggest challenge that you find that female leaders and entrepreneurs are facing at the moment in 2022 so if we're really specific about the moment Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that it's necessarily different I just say that it's more concentrated or heightened You know, for most people who identify as women, we know that a large majority of them are either carers or parents, and and sometimes both. And the flexibility that came with being able to work from home was great for all of us. However, it's also really challenging if you don't have a separate space. So, you know, obviously in the more heightened times of lockdowns, you know, you're having to be like the homeschool teacher and (laughs) the disciplinarian and the cook. And and there was a lot of that happening. Right. And then we came out of it. And even, you know, I see it in many companies that I work with and now it's like, okay, great. Women are like, Hey, I want to keep my flexible working. And they're being put under pressure to let that go again. And they're having to explain themselves more than they did even just last year. And so I think for people in employment that's and and entrepreneurs, but for people in employment where there's a culture of now you have to be back in the office, I think that's really hard. We also know that um, unfortunately people are being made redundant. And I think from, you know, it's too early to say, but at least let's say the sentiment is there's a lot of uh, women specifically who are concerned that their jobs will be affected because of those things. Like they've, they've, you know, advocated for themselves to get flexible working. And now that's going to be used against them, essentially. I think for entrepreneurs, uh, I was just talking about this earlier today. I think for entrepreneurs, what's challenging is there is, the media is hyping up something that is not here yet. And it's almost like we're going to talk ourselves into, you know, there's manifesting in in both directions, right? And it's almost like we're going to talk ourselves into a really severe recession. And, and, but that's not what the numbers are pointing to right now. But the language around it is really strong. Like, oh, you know, things are in decline. And, And it's like, actually, 
first of all, things are minimally like just, just like right over, <laughs> right mm-hmm. over the margin into decline. But more importantly, where in nature otherwise, where naturally occurring, I'll say, do we only live in growth? The body doesn't do it. The forest doesn't do it. You know, that's that shows up nowhere. But for some reason, and we've been taught that the economy should always be grow, 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 grow. And how do we plan more strategically for the fact that sometimes it will grow, sometimes it will contract, sometimes it will grow more, sometimes it will grow less and so forth. And I think as an entrepreneur, how do you manage that? What is especially mentally taxing of the the hype right now? And so businesses are also, you know, whoever their clients may be, whether it's businesses or individuals, may be kind of like hedging their bets and so not committing. You know, how do you deal with like that pressure, the the mental taxation, trying to stay optimistic, trying to, you know, open up new channels to continue the business or to continue business growth? I think that's a real challenge for women specifically, because what we do know is women are starting business businesses at a faster pace than men, but they're much less likely to receive any type of funding, whether it's VC funding or even a small loan from a bank, much less likely. And under this current climate, that's going to be even more extreme. So I can, I can, I can imagine that your listeners, some of that will resonate with um, some of your listeners. And, you know, in these times, this is definitely not the time to neglect whatever your practice is. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I'm sure much of what you said will resonate with many of my listeners. And it's interesting as you spoke about that, I was reflecting on 2022 as a whole. And at the end of each year, I tend to sort of have like a word that summarizes up the year for me personally. And this year, I think it is cycles or patterns. And I've really become aware of cycles in in the way that we would expect to know them. For example, a menstrual cycle, you know, become really in tune with that. But also cycles and patterns within relationships I have with people, within my work, but also then within society as a whole, within the economy as a whole. And I feel that this year I have had so much more awareness and mindfulness of cycles and patterns and understanding that everything in nature within ourselves is all based around those cycles and patterns, which I think is you know, is a really powerful part of, of what you said there. And if you look forward to 2023 now, just as our, our final point, um, for you personally, what are you looking to, to do, to feel? How are you looking to create even more impact than you already create as we go into next year? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Big question. Big question. <laughs> it is. Um, So from a perspective of, so you mentioned I have a holistic wellness brand. uh, That's Oya Body, Mind, Spirit Retreats. And with that particular part, what I'm looking to do is get more back into person, like back to in-person events. I know people have missed that. And so we are really trying to do that in a way that is still affordable and, and meets the needs of our community. So I'm like, 
fully committed to that. Um, if any of your listeners happen to be community members, I promise it's happening. More broadly, what I have, it's, I think it's really, you know, this is a full moon. We're talking on, you know, mm-hmm. we're still in that full moon energy and it's been, yeah. I've called it a clarifying energy. For me, I don't, you know, this particular moon has been really clarifying. I've had a lot of conversations that they weren't of conflict, but, you know, we had to just say the things that may be hard to say. I've had like in a lot of different situations that's come up for me, but it's felt great to have that clarity. And I feel in 2023, what I'd like to do in my work is continue in that vein to have these conversations, to not shy away from um, what may feel like. Uh, uncomfortable conversations, like you said. I also kind of often tell people, you know, we have to learn to sit with our discomfort. And there is a lot of discomfort around the work that I do. And there's going to be a tendency with, you know, whatever happens now with the economy to try to pull back on those commitments. That's where people start. Oh, you know, um, we know like, you know, social impact or social justice or DEI or whatever they call it. We know it's important, but so I'm really committed to ensuring that people continue doing that work with integrity and really delivering meaningful impact and not just tick box exercises. And then for me personally, I'm equally committed to staying like an honest dialogue with myself about, you know, who I want to work with, what compromises I'm willing to make, because we all have to make compromises and, you know, how I can really drive this work forward in, in balance, right? We, I need, I need all the allies I can get, but I also have to be aware that some allies are in it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. There are opportunists in the world and just like committing to also being clear with those types of people. Yes, I love that. And I love how you mentioned the full moon as well. And even though we're recording this on the Thursday, it's actually coming out on Sunday. So the full moon energy is still going to be very resonant for a lot of people. And actually, it's a a Gemini full moon. So it's really about those two polarities, about really stepping into what we want and what we love and what we want to bring more of into our life and what lights us up, but also looking at things that we don't like and the negativity and actually starting to become aware of of the two sides, the Gemini two sides. So such a powerful time. And, you know, I definitely think that I'm going to take a bit of time over the next couple of days to reflect on on those two things and I'm sure my listeners will as well Stacey thank you so much I would love you just to let us know your website and where we can follow you on social media as well we'll also put it all in the show notes but if you just share it with us that would be amazing sure so me as a person you can find under Stacey that's with an I-E-S-T-A-C-I-E Stacey C.C. Graham dot com and um, if you want to follow on social media I highly recommend following um, Oya Retreat so that's O-Y-A Retreats and that's across all social media uh, Instagram Twitter Facebook you can always find us under Oya Retreats we do exciting things that's where you can also read more about the work that I've done with my book Yoga as Resistance Equity and Inclusion on and off the mat and finally there is the oyaretreats.com website where you can see the the beautiful faculty members that I work with across the country who we deliver experiences that I think are really special and embody everything that I was discussing today. 
Thank you, Stacey. You are doing amazing work and I hope you have a very happy holidays and a happy new year. Thank you. You too. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you'd like more information on face yoga or you'd like to become a face yoga teacher, just head to our website, faceyogaexpert.com for more information. If you'd like to do a regular structured daily face yoga program to get the best results, you can either use one of my apps, just search Danielle Collins on your app store, or you can use my book, just search Danielle Collins Face Yoga on Amazon. And thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to seeing you again next time.